going on guys? Keeping drinking back. My name is Eddie. Steven. I'm Matt. And today we're here at Alamo Beer Company. And even though it's a little rainy out here today, ain't gonna stop us from enjoying some good brew and taking an awesome tour here at Alamo Beer. So thanks to Alamo Beer Company for inviting us. Cheers guys. What's going on guys? Kinky Drinking Back. My name is Eddie. Steven. And I'm Matt. And we're here sitting down with the brewmaster of Admiral Brewing Company. Greg Spickler. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us today, man. I mean, we're, joined, we're enjoying some awesome Admiral beer. Cheers. Gross. And uh, we're lucky enough, you know, for, uh, for Greg to give us an awesome walk during his day. His, you know, uh, uh, the tour of the brewery. And I mean, you guys should check that out. Um, it was uh, it a little was bit very of the process of what goes on around here at Animal Beer, but uh, now we're actually sitting with the brew master himself. Mm -hmm. So uh, just you know, kind of kick it off. You know, how do you feel that uh, you just been announced uh, brew master here at Animal Beer? Feeling good, man. Excited to get things done. Excited to uh, make some great beer. Awesome. Um, can you tell us a little bit, you know, uh, a little bit about your journey, you know, into becoming brewmaster? I mean, I uh, I know that for a while you uh, you kind of uh, went around the country working at different breweries, correct? Yeah, man. So after uh, after college, I uh, I went to school to be a chef originally, uh, CIA Culinary Institute of America, same one here in San Antonio, but uh, in Hyde Park, New York. Um, I started brewing there actually. Um, me and my roommates. We were still underage at that point, right? We either go to Canada, like Canada's like our Mexico. Yeah. You know? uh, so we go to Canada, buy beer, start making our own dorm rooms and whatnot. And uh, just kind of kept on doing that after I graduated, traveled the entire country, working at restaurants and and uh, a few brew pubs along the way and kind of putting my ear to the brewery door, if you will, just trying to learn as much as I could. Um, feeling that eventually I'd, I'd probably make the switch, you know, one day. Yeah. And. Um, Kept on doing that. Kept on taking executive shift jobs and with with a little hand in brewing wherever I could. Yeah. And then I uh, finally opened up my own brew pub up in uh, Maine a while back. Oh, good. Uh, Wells, good. Maine, right? And um, partnered with a local restaurant tour there. And so that that was my first you know real professional brewing job. Um, prior to that, I'd built a small little nano system. I was executive shift down at a big game hunting ranch down in South Texas, 10,000 acre ranch. So when I wasn't uh, making salami and, and you know jerky, <laughs> uh, 
I'd be brewing beer. I kept about 12 taps on, on for the hunters at all times. So That's awesome. I wasn't really professional because, you know, I was the chef there and, you know, yeah. it wasn't really even fully legal. It was, you know, because we were giving it away and we weren't actually selling anything. So, oh, okay. uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, so I opened the brewery in Maine and that was, um, you know, I was both the chef and the brewer and the salesperson. So I, I was busy, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, but that's that's kind of you know how I got started into it. After after Maine, I ended up coming back to Texas, where I'm originally from, and, and uh, San Antonio, and, and started back here at Alamo Beer. Um, came back get here, quickly became the lead brewer, and worked here for about two years. Uh, took a break, um, and now now I'm back. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Um, uh, my question, you know, because I know you said you you know you you've traveled the country, you know, you work different jobs and everything. In your opinion, I mean, what uh, of all your travels, you know, what state has a pretty good, you know, craft beer? I mean, I mean, craft beer game. You know? Other than Texas. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> obviously. I got you. I got you. Yeah, it's a good question, man. So, um, the places that I've lived, three of them really stand out, and then I'd have to kind of narrow it down from there. But so I lived in in uh, St. Mary, Montana, for a little while, and. The craft beer scene wasn't explosive then, but uh, people were really digging uh, the Great Northern and, and the few breweries over there. It seemed like people were really accepting that culture. And that was kind of really cool to see, especially out in the middle of, of nowhere, because the area I lived, there was, you had to drive a couple hours before you could get into town. And but the little place that had their, their breweries, they were yeah. pretty well loved. So that was a lot of fun to see. That was kind of one of the first uh, real experiences I, I had where I was working as a chef and then kind of like peering into the brewing world and saying, yeah. oh, that's kind of cool. But then um, I lived in um, in Bend, Oregon for a little while, uh, working for a 10 barrel brewing company. Mm-hmm. Um, the brewmaster there was uh, Jimmy Safrit and he came from Deschutes before that, so he was a brewmaster over there. So that was a, a really cool place where I was, I was working in the kitchen there and kind of trying to make that leap over. Um, and actually, they offered me an executive position there to open some new restaurants and do some brewing. And I ended up turning it down to come back to San Antonio. But that place there really showed me how explosive the craft beer scene can be. Because even Ben, being you know, an hour, a couple hours from Portland, just that town right there had so many great breweries in such a small little town. And the, the kind of camaraderie that I saw there between the brewers, the... Um, just the excitement, just the, the turnout for everyone's festivals. At, you know, anytime someone threw an event, everybody was there. The place was always packed. And you could just tell people loved their craft beer there. And it was yeah. so cool to see. And that's really not much different from when I lived in, in Maine. Uh, the brewery I opened was in Wells, about an hour south of Portland, Maine. Mm-hmm. Um, but Portland had just as much of that whole brotherly community within the brewers. And the town so much supported their local craft. You know, the, the people in Maine were kind of kind of like Texas, how we were proud of Texas, right? Yeah. You know, anything Texas, Texans love. So, you know, considering what you just said right now, that you know they they really supported their craft beers. How do you feel? You know, do you feel that Texans kind of do that here, or San Antonians do that here as well? That you know they really support their craft beers, or do you feel that? The craft beer, um, you know, community here is still kind of just building up, and we're still growing. Still, we're still growing. Yeah, there are there are some some diehard fans out there, some some great folks who love their craft beer, um, and you know, 
we're thankful for those folks here in San Antonio. Yeah. But um, hey, you got yeah, that's right. right that's right, man. <laughs> Cheers to that. Yeah, <laughs> but um, now, man, you know, in San Antonio, we got a long way to go. Um, even even Austin and Houston, they seem to kind of rally around their, their breweries a little bit more. And, yeah. and but their their brewing scene's a little bit older than ours. We're a little bit younger. Yeah. Alamo's been around for a while, of course. You know, we had Frio and back in the day. Joy of Blue Star's been kicking butt for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still, on the whole, our, our craft beer community is a, a little bit young here. Um, so I don't see quite as much of uh, you know, just the, the, the community support for their breweries. But I, I don't think that's, you know, far away. Um, San Antonio, our, our culinary scene is growing. Um, we're growing yeah. just as a city itself and population wise so I think a lot of those things are going to come and as us as brewers in San Antonio as we continue to get better and hone our craft you know, hopefully along the, uh, the public you know, comes along with it and, and continues to support us and we grow together right yeah, yeah so I mean yeah. uh, going off that I mean um, I mean I know we touched on it a little bit uh, a little while ago during the tour but I mean how would you describe uh, you know the relationship with your brewery uh, Alamo and other local breweries. I mean, because on our show so far, we've had uh, Busted Sandal, Freetail, and Ranger Creek, you know, all, you know, have shown, you know, their support for us and we've given our support for them. Now we can include Alamo with that. And, yeah. you know, I mean, we love our, our, our San Antonio breweries. How's, how's the love between the breweries itself? Um, you know, I think San Antonio, we've done a great job of, of creating that community within the brewers themselves. Um, I was telling you earlier, we have a a once a month meeting where all the brewers get together. Uh, we rotate breweries. The brewery gives you know free beer and and food to all the brewers, um, and we we'll all get together, talk a little bit of business, drink, 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 drink a little after beer. <laughs> get on to the real important business of you know drinking and hanging out together. That's and, what it's and, all you about. Know, forming that uh, you know that, those those relationships and those bonds, right? So. I think San Antonio's done a really good job of that, and yeah. you know, and hopefully that culture continues to spill over onto oh, the community yeah, itself, sure. you know, yeah. the, the consumer base. So. I mean, to me, that that that's what you know the craft beer industry is all about. You know, like people at the at the first thought of it, you know, beer. Oh, it's getting drunk. No, it's not just getting drunk. It's you know, it's a culture. It's a, you know, it's a community. You know, it's an environment, a healthy environment to be a part of. You know, it's not. It to me, it's an art form of creating and, craft beer. And it's also about appreciate appreciation of actually good, you know, tasty beer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, there's there's so much brews out there, so many even domestic big brewery companies. But you know, a lot of the little micro brews. You know, how how do you feel like those are gonna overcome some of those you know obstacles as well? Um, the smaller breweries overcoming. Um, I mean, in, in the local areas for themselves, not 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 as a whole. You know, obviously, you know, we appreciate what we have here in San Antonio, but we're not expecting it to be well known somewhere. Right. Yeah. Somewhere yeah. Yeah. Else. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't quite understand the question. It's all good. I mean, I mean, just saying, like, okay, so like. Um, I know I've gone to places where, okay, um, when 54 Streets first opened for me, mm-hmm. um, they had a lot of good craft beers, you know, whether they be from, you know, here in Texas or, you know, some other state. One of the big known ones was um, Samuel. Right, okay, right, right. For instance. Well, in certain areas in San Antonio, they don't still, they don't really see those craft beers. They just see like, oh, I want this, you know. Right. Not to throw a name, but you know it's a big name brand that's right. out, that's out there, and you know yeah, that's here. 
So I, I get your say right now. Um, that's that's something that San Antonio is going to slowly evolve with. Um, we have a lot of we have a lot of mom and pop restaurants here, but not all those mom and pop restaurants have a big tap wall. Yeah. The thing about most of the places you go and you drink a beer at, uh, especially that have multiple taps, unless it's like a big hops, crowd exchange kind of small place, and yeah. it's it's probably going to be a chain somewhere, right? And uh, a casual restaurant that maybe have you know, a few taps on, and a lot of those guys will continue to to um, support the people that are supporting them, <laughs> right? Some of the bigger beers and those bigger distributors can, can pay to support some of those those chains. So they'll continue to have those. But, you know, hopefully we can see some of these other restaurants and maybe more independent restaurants and bars kind of really put their backyard first, right? And yes. Yeah. The people that are right here, the beers that's right here, and continue to to grow that because that's, that's where it starts. And you know, if they're keeping that money right here in our backyard, for keeping that community, building that, that's going to end up it's going to end up helping everybody out in the long run and, and just building that culture here. Um, you know, as as we as the market gets bigger and there are more and more breweries popping up, it's going to start switching from big places like like Alamo and and even Freetail. Um, so you're gonna start seeing more of the small little pubs, um, yes. you know, like like Joey's originally, or like uh, Mad Pecker, or yeah. Weathered Souls, Kunstler, Kunstler. Um, yeah. you know, those 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 small little places. You're gonna start seeing more and more of those, and you know, most likely those guys will never end up being big, uh, you know, regional breweries or as big as Alamo is. And I'm not saying they can't, but just the trend is is gonna be smaller smaller batches um smaller distribution and you know, neighborhood breweries drinking around the corner kind of deal um you know supporting what's in your neighborhood and that's kind of even you know the big cities like denver and yeah. places like that you just see little breweries popping up in every single neighborhood <laughs> yeah. and you know it's it's you know is it becoming saturated or are people just drinking a little bit closer to home yeah you know and, like, and uh i've been to um Colorado Springs, and that was like <clears throat> for my wife and I. That was like like the one thing we were like, okay, where's the closest local brewery for us? You mm-hmm. know that makes or even, Google Maps uh, pop up too. Yeah, <laughs> even, um, but he, but at uh, when we went to Lake Tahoe, um, we did the same thing. We're like, what's the closest one to us? And that was like kind of like spotted. I mean, they have them, mm-hmm. but it was like real spotted. Mm-hmm. So, it, but it was real cool to see that you know that the they had that support there and. That a lot of the big companies weren't didn't have the, the shelf space that mm-hmm. you know certain places have here in, in our stores. Right, right, so. right. Um, you know, and <clears throat> well, you'll you'll see that shifting more as the consumer base starts to buy more local. Yeah. So, you know, I remember ten years ago, I would still you know go to H E B and and look for the biggest I P A from like. Boulevard or Breckenridge or something like that, or you know, I'd, I'd be buying beer that came three, four states away. Yeah. Buying beer from from Deschutes, you know, that came from Oregon. And how long does it take to get that beer from from Oregon down to Texas and on the shelf in the day it was packaged, right? Yeah. yeah. Probably quite a while. If you're buying an IPA, it may be a few weeks, a month from the time it was actually put in that bottle to the time it hits your HEB shelf. Yeah. Hopefully, a few weeks. And and does that affect 
I mean, that general taste, it does. It does. I, my opinion on IPAs is they're better yesterday. <laughs> right? I like that. So, uh, you know, from the moment they put it in that bottle, it's never going to be better than it was that moment, you know. Just because those those aromas are so volatile. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they just they just start deteriorating the minute you know, they put it in the and bottle. Me, it's like, just like a soda. You open it, so it gets, after a while, it gets kind of stale. Right, right. The same know. thing. Um, so, you know, it, but the funny thing is, you know, IPAs, the original thought behind them was hops as a preservative so we're gonna hop it and it'll last on the you know ship from wherever India to wherever right yeah. um, so yes it, 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 it does make a beer last longer it does preserve a beer longer but when you're looking for like a really hoppy juicy the, IPA freshest taste in the world yeah it's it's never gonna be better than yesterday yeah <laughs> I mean um, uh, you know going back you know to you know the community, you know, supporting its local, its local, its local breweries. I mean, come on, guys, support, support the local breweries. You know, we love, we love San Antonio breweries here. Um, you know, I, I feel Alamo is kind of like up there as far as you know, building a name for itself. And recently, Alamo has, has celebrated its 15-year anniversary of Golden Ale. That's right. How do you feel about that? That's awesome, man. You know, uh, for the first, I'd say, 10 plus years of, of Alamo Golden Ale's existence, it was contracted out of out of Real Ale and Blanco, and Eugene went around his minivan, you know, rolling kegs out and selling it uh, by hand. That's how you do it. So, you know, that is, that's awesome that he was able to, to get to this point, you know, put that hard work himself. You know, he wasn't the one brewing it, and that wasn't his specialty, but, you know, he had the know-how <coughs> to go out there and, and build the brand and, yeah. and make it happen and, mm-hmm. and put someone in place who could actually do it, you know, well. Um, so we're super excited now to be turning 15 have this is maybe our fourth year at this location our own facility making yeah. our own product and we've expanded from the one beer to you know, six year rounds offerings and man and I, w- I wish I would have brought it with me but <clears throat> um, when I started drinking you know Texas beers you know started off with with kind of another no-name brand but um, when Alamo when I first saw Alamo on the scene I said like, oh you know what that's the San Antonio brew I'm gonna buy that one it was the old school uh, logo, with yeah. the orange like a, with, with the little cannons and the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I wish I would have brought that here. You know, kind of just put it there and just like, you know what, you know, this is what it used to be, yeah. and now yeah, here we are. Yeah, <laughs> that would have been cool. Yeah, it's, but, it's, it's you know, grown a lot, man. But you know, yeah, I mean, I mean, I loved Animal. I mean, pretty much since you know when it started off like that and. I know it's kind of also been around a little longer than that because I think, you know, going back, if you want to go back into history, um, back in the days, Alamo Beer or Alamo Brewing was kind of around, and then it just kind of... So, pre-Prohibition, yes, um, Alamo <laughs> Beer was a label owned by uh, Lone Star, okay, and that was an amber, uh, it may have been an amber ale, the lager, it was an, it was an amber beer, um, it was an amber lager. It was a traditional style lager, Vienna style lager, uh, called Alamo beer. And then the, after Prohibition, they never, uh, they didn't use the the beer anymore, because um, after Prohibition, they started really focusing on really light beers around that same time. You know, it was also when they kind of were getting a little bit better at water chemistry and understanding um, what really goes into. Uh, making a, a light beer and making it consistent because back then it was a little bit easier it still is today but it's easier to make a dark beer 
or even an amber beer because it hides imperfections and you don't have to really um, manipulate the water a lot because there's actually some buffering that goes on with the with some of those darker malts so just there wasn't a great understanding of a super light beer before prohibition and that's kind of around the time that we started getting better understanding of it so when prohibition was over you know they they just hit the ground running with the light beer and then that's what took off and so they never really looked back to some of those older recipes that they had before and because you know an amber and uh, pale beer or maybe a little bit darker beers were were the norm back then because um, they're easier to make they're easier to make consistent and they're using really high quality grains back in the day before prohibition um, we would uh, we would actually in Texas we were importing a lot of malt from Germany because we had a lot of great brewers down here so we're using you know very high high quality stuff back then and then after prohibition it kind of took that turn to like the American lager we're gonna make it light and we, we figured out the light thing and we're just gonna make it lighter and lighter and lighter you know and that's just, that's where it went and then now you know Everything back. comes back around. Yeah, um, get you know, a little darker, a little darker, a little darker, a little, darker, you know, a little, darker. More, a little more variety, right? And so uh, yeah, it's a good thing. And and you know, believe it or not, before prohibition, there was there was a lot more breweries, and there was even back then a little bit more of that neighborhood backyard, you know, backyard mm -hmm. kind of. You know, there's a brewery, neighborhood brewery everywhere kind of deal, and uh, it's taken us a long time to kind of get back to that. Yeah, yeah. Awesome, man. So I mean. Um, um, so, 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 given that conversation, you know, of uh, Golden Air, Golden L reaching its 15-year anniversary, what can you, uh, you know, shine, you know, some light on the future of, of uh, Alamo Brewery and what's to come? All right, yeah. So we've got a lot going on here. Um, working on some rebranding actually at the moment. Um, but biggest thing, we're going to be releasing um, some light beer. Uh, we really kind of see that where the market shifting to at the moment and you know San Antonians love their light beer. It's hot. <laughs> they do. Yeah. It's 150 <laughs> degrees outside every day even in the winter time. Mm -hmm. And uh, we we want something refreshing, easy to drink, goes down like water, but you know, has a little bit of alcohol to it. So yeah. you know, it's, it's, <laughs> and, it is what it is. And, and your summer <laughs> ale is 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 a great, you know, uh, you know, I guess you, a, you can say a taste of that. Uh, you know, the summer, summer ale, ale is real delicious, good. real tasty, Thank you. Thank real you. crisp. So, you know. But our uh, our new light should really fit that that kind of uh, where where <laughs> most craft beer is kind of kind of lacking in, bridging that gap between what everyone you know really drinks and yeah, well, the masses really drink, and but putting a little craft spin on it and, and yeah, you know, putting out a nice quality product. So going into light beer, do you feel that you know Alamo kind of gets a little criticism for that, or you know because they're like you know, for those craft beer, you know, enthusiasts, it's sure. like, it's like, oh, why are you gonna make a light beer? You know, this is craft beer. You're an animal cream. Well, you know, <laughs> to that we have a whole list of other things that we're gonna be working on this next year. Um, in the summertime, I'm gonna put out a, uh, a raspberry Berliner. Um, pretty soon, I'll be working on a double imperial oatmeal stout, coffee stout. There you go. Oh, Barrel age, probably going to be using some Ranger Creek uh, whiskey barrels. I used to help them do a little distillation, so good, mm -hmm. good relations with those guys. 
Um, and we just recently took a, a yeah, tour of Ranger Creek, so you know. Good hey, friends with TJ and Holland over there. Love those guys. Mm-hmm. Colonel Mag, we love you too. Oh, <laughs> was a good guy. Um, so we got some really cool stuff, and we're, we're going to be going outside the box of what Alamo's been traditionally known for. Um, we're still going to stick towards our traditional German beers. We're not going to abandon that by any means. But we're throwing in some of the other stuff that you may have not seen from us before. Okay. Uh, like cool. those barrel-aged beers and some of those lighter sours. And Ooh, uh, really sours. just trying to hit different <laughs> markets um, very soon here. We're going to be working on a small batch series. So every single week um, we'll have a release of a different beer in the beer hall only. It'll only be one keg. But uh, you know, it's gone, it's gone. But it'll be something kind of fun for our customer base to come over here yeah. and, and see something different taste it say hey but this should be our next year-round beer or yeah. you know yeah so you know speaking about you know uh you know crafts and everything i mean i mean craft beer is not the only thing that you're working on San Antonio craft soda can you give us some some little insight on that yes sir so um i'm a local beekeeper in the area do some commercial beekeeping so um i'm excited to be using our honey and in, in different outlets here right so san antonio uh doesn't have a craft soda at the moment of course we have some big sodas you know big red and stuff like that you know dr pepper's not too far away so there's a lot of there's a lot of love for you know local san antonio soda but there's nothing right now that's in that kind of craft sector so we thought it was a great opportunity to to make a local craft soda and then you know what could really tie it in better than using some local ingredients so we started off with the honey from from my wine and grow provisions company mm-hmm. um, we're adding in other regional ingredients such as our cola has south texas valley citrus in it um, using mexican raw sugar um, in addition to the honey uh, our root beer we're looking into putting some mesquite bean into right so the actual pods themselves not the smoke uh, the mesquite pod has a lot of great um, yeah. sugars in it, so it's a really cool, complex flavor. So we're really trying to just hit it home with some local, uh, regional flavors here to to really make that that product unique to here, right? Give it a, a sense of place. Oh, that would be awesome. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, so we, we definitely look forward to that. I mean, I mean. For us, I mean, we can speak for us that Big Red is that hangover soda. So, I mean, <laughs> if anybody could top that, I mean, I, I believe that, you know, that San Antonio Craft Soda can, you know, can, can uh, definitely bring bring yeah. that that up to it. That's right, man. Yeah. yeah. No worries. We'll, we will have the barbacoa soda right there, man. Oh, oh, we'll we'll make that. That's what it is. <laughs> Watch out, Tommies. <laughs> um, you know, so given, uh, you know, the, you know, the nature of the show, you know, we geek, we've drank. Let's talk about some movies. All right. You know, um, you mentioned that, you know, that your family, your daughters, you know, they love Marvel movies. Superhero movies. You know, oh, yeah. giving us, you know, we love our Marvel mo- you know, our superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Well, I got Star um, Wars today. Yeah, you got Star Wars. You know, you <laughs> got DC. That's right. I got you, man. I got yeah. you. Hey, there you go. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, uh, what's, what's the last superhero movie that you saw? And, you know, what's, what's the one that you loved? Uh, the last one that, that we saw um, was Avengers Infinity War. Um, my daughters love the Avengers, um, but the one they probably liked the most before that was, was Thor Ragnarok. There you go. Uh, my daughter loves the soundtrack. She dances around every time it's on, but more than that, she loves uh, the Hulk. The Hulk, Hulk smash, man. Hulk <laughs> smash. There you go, man. Hulk so, smash. So, you know, if it's got Hulk in it, like it's, it's, my kids love it. Awesome, uh, man. So, you know, 
don't smash. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I mean, we, we, we love, you know, anybody who loves to smash. We love anybody, you know, who loves the Avengers. Any type of superhero movie, you know. But, uh, uh, Greg, you know, we want to thank you so much, you know, for, for giving us a walkthrough of your day-to-day, you know, insight into your, into your life, your journey, everything. It's been so awesome. We love Alamo Brewery. We love the beers. We love the taste. And we can't, we cannot wait to taste your, to your new soda. So, I mean, thank you so much. Thank you all for coming awesome, out, guys. Man. I've enjoyed it. So. And uh, for Geeking and Drinking, my name is Eddie. Steven. Matt. And Pulse. Right. Gross. <laughs> <laughs>